0: Welcome to the Carnegie Moscow Center English language podcast. I'm Alexander Gabuev And today we're going to talk about the view to Russia's neighbors in the east, but not from Moscow, but from Vladivostok, the Asian capital of Russia. And today we are joined with the most knowledgeable person. That's Ivan Zuyenko, senior research fellow at the Institute of History uh, at the Russian Academy of Science, based in Vladivostok, a researcher in Sino-Russia relationship and Chinese investment in the Far East, but also somebody who is based in Vladivostok, who has a vast experience of traveling to China and knows the region not from a Moscow angle, but from a local angle. You are very welcome, Ivan.
1: Uh, Thank you, Sasha. Good day.
0: Ivan, I think that when you talk about Chinese presence in the Far East in Moscow, Mm. the image is that, oh, we are losing this territory to China. Look at the map, look at the demographic imbalance. Chinese might be hiding under every single pine tree in Siberia and in the Russian Far East. How accurate is that picture?
1: It's not accurate at all. In reality, we have, of course, we have Chinese um, Chinese migrants in the Far East since the beginning of the 1990s. We have investment, but the real scale of Chinese presence in the Far East um, less than these I- images from Moscow, from Europe, from US. The real situation is that we have farms, we have Chinese in the forestry, in construction, we have, of course, restaurants and hotels in the cities of the Far East, but. Uh, a real scale of um uh, investment and real quantity of migrants is uh, not as big as we expect why why is that there are plenty of people in china that there is very
0: fierce competition in the labor market in china whereas the population of the russian far east it's a third of the country in terms of territory, but it's only 6 million people and then like 2 million people in Primoria. So why aren't Chinese coming in numbers to Russia to build stuff, trade, like do agriculture and other economic activities?
1: I think the situation changed after uh, 2014 when a rate of rubble uh, fell. And now it's uh, more interesting for Chinese uh, labor migrants from north eastern part of its country to go to, for example, Guangdong or Sichuan and work uh, there in these provinces of China than to go to Far East, because uh, the income in uh, Far East is not as big as they want. So
0: you said that the situation has changed uh, in 2014. Mm -hmm. Uh, What's the attitude of the local government in the Far East? for Chinese investors and Chinese migrant labor? Are they welcome? Are they not welcome? Is it different from a region to region, like let's say, Amurskaya Oblast and Primoria?
1: Yes, it's uh, different from region to region. For example, in Amur uh, Oblast, Amurskaya Oblast, uh, the attitude of government was always um, uh, a bit strict to Chinese migrants, especially in agriculture, because Muzikovs have enough uh, population in the villages who can work in the farms. But of course, uh, Chinese investments, especially Chinese investment in uh, production, are always welcomed in all regions. And uh, now, for example, Primorsky Krai, uh, since that year, uh, decided to limit the presence of Chinese uh, labor power in agriculture, for example, uh, even before coronavirus situation. And as for, for example, Jewish autonomous oblasts, there is no enough populations to work in, for example, agriculture or forestry. So they have no any variance except of uh, hiring Chinese uh, uh, laborers.
0: We can compare some of the regions in the Far East to European countries, at least Mm -hmm. in terms of territories. Mm -hmm. And then when we talk about Chinese penetration in its neighborhood, we Mm -hmm. talk about dependencies on debt, and investment. I hear from you that the number of uh, workers, the number of Chinese who are permanently resident in Russia is very low. By the mm-hmm. way, do we have an estimate how many people there are? How many Chinese people there are like at every given day in the Russian Far East?
1: Actually, we do not know exact numbers, exact figures. It's very difficult to say exact figures because we have statistics from, uh, uh, from for example, border service, from migrant officials, and for example, we have few Chinese uh, citizens who get a Russian citizenship. And now we have no uh, any statistics about them except of...
0: Mm, right.
1: Uh, are we talking hundreds of thousands of Chinese or tens no, no, no. of thousands? I think Th- tens, of thousands. Th- tens of thousands. Tens of thousands. <laughs> except of students. If we say about students, uh, we have uh, several, hun- several thousands of Chinese students in the Far East. Okay. Going
0: back to investment and loans, uh, is any region of the Russian Far East dependent on Chinese money? Are there any critical dependencies, like when we say, oh, in Central Asia, uh, countries like Kyrgyzstan or Tajikistan are now increasingly dependent on Chinese loans and credits? Yes, I think. What that's about crazy. the Far East?
1: Um, If we say about credits, no, we have no any uh, critical situation with that. Uh, As for investment, I think uh, no critical situations as well. But for example, uh, Jewish autonomous oblast is dependent from Chinese labor force and uh, from Chinese investment in uh, several spheres, for example, agriculture and construction.
0: What about, is there any competition for Russian resources in the Far East between Chinese Korean and Japanese investors, because like all of them are uh, neighbors. All of them have like the major mm-hmm. good hotel in Vladivostok seems to be the hotel built by Koreans, mm-hmm. uh, the Hyundai uh, Group. Now Lotte. Now Lotte. Back in the day, the largest foreign direct investment in Russian uh, oil and gas is Japanese investment mm-hmm. into Sakhalin. Mm-hmm. So, is there a competition between the, those democratic? W- Pro US countries and China.
1: We have a lot of words about this competition, about this a lot of discussion about these competitions because first questions from Chinese or from uh, Koreans or Japanese experts is about uh, real uh, scale of Chinese presence in the Far East, and they always say about that, they always ask questions about that. But um, we have a lot of words and not so many deals from that. And I think the main um, the main sphere of competition is the land because in the Far East, we have no, uh, we have not so many uh, lands that uh, that suitable for agriculture. We have a lot of territory, but most part of this territory is not good for uh, agriculture. And as for this, uh, f- for the land, we have, of course, we have a competition between uh, Chinese, between Koreans, uh, farms, and first of all, between Russian right. companies.
0: Okay. Uh- If you look at the national polls done by, for example, Levada Center, you see that China and Chinese are among the most favored nations by the majority of the Russians. Russians are increasingly positive in their attitude towards China. It might be slightly different now because of the outbreak of coronavirus, Mm -hmm. but overall the attitude is getting increasingly warm following the warming up of the strategic ties between Russia and China. What's the attitude of people in the Far East? Is it more positive than average Russian? Is it more skeptical? And what are the schools of thought uh, when you look at China's rise from the Far
1: East? I think situations can be different in uh, different ways. For example, politically, of course, the attitude for Ch- to China and to Chinese uh, changed to uh, started to be more positive after uh, two thousand fourteen, after after all the situation with Crimea and. West and so on, and as for, for example, for usual life, uh, of course, the attitude um, to Chinese during '90s was uh, very negative, and now situations became became better because Chinese um, uh, Chinese people have changed as well. They became to be uh, more civilized. They have good. They have good uh, smartphones. They have good clothes and so on, and uh, of course. For this kind of situation, attitude became better and better. But uh, when we speak about investment, when we speak about uh, uh, presence of Chinese capital, of course situations uh, always uh, will be skeptical.
0: What do you think, uh, Does uh, I hear what you say uh, when you talk about the way that uh, growing wealth of the Chinese has changed both their behavior and the way they are perceived by the local population. Does the influx of migrant workers from Central Asia, who are now the major target of xenophobia, uh, have a more positive impact on China's reputation as well?
1: Yeah, I can agree with you, yeah. Because now the most negative uh, perception is targeted to central Asian migrant workers.
0: Okay. I remember that couple of years uh, back uh, there were people who were middle class in large cities who got degrees in China watching like yourself, Mm -hmm. who spoke the language, And then our idea of great future was going to work in China for a Russian company or for a Chinese company. Mm -hmm. And many people actually went there to study. Is it the current trend that people prefer to go to China to seek their future, those who are young and ambitious? Or what is the dynamics?
1: Well, I think the trend is that people uh, are returning back from China to Russia, but it can be different from generation to generation for example for young people for uh for recent graduates of course they want to go to china they want to try live uh, living in china and they have uh, great chances to get a uh, uh, scholarship from china and they go to china and uh, and they uh, continue their studying, their studies but uh it is much more difficult for them to get a job uh, in China now, uh, comparing to, for example, my, uh, my uh, graduation years. And as for, for example, from people 35 years old and so on, they of course prefer to go, prefer to, cont- to return to uh, Russia uh, due to a very uh, expensive life in China. Especially when you have children and you need to, you need to, uh, fund their studies and so on.
0: Okay. We know that the history of China-Russia border is a complicated one. Mm. And although the officially, officially all the bill, historic bills have been settled and like this border is demarcated mm-hmm. and it's officially recognized by both countries. But, you have instances and pockets of Chinese population, particularly in the neighborhood in Mm Dongbei, who believe that there were large chunks of Chinese territory annexed by Imperial Russia uh, from China, and that this territory might be going back at some point. Mm -hmm. So is it a source of tensions and fears is it a topic of discussions in Primoria and the Russian Far East in general
1: unfortunately yeah, it's topic of discussions it is um, a reason of tensions because ordinary Chinese people they always say about that even uh, even during their travel in Vladivostok it is uh, uh, common questions from Chinese tourists f- uh, to Russian guide and of course uh, local people in the Far East uh, are not happy with that kind of situations even in the situation when uh, a fish there is no any uh, problem with that from Chinese government.
0: I remember that uh, some of the Chinese I knew travel to Russia and they have kind of very um, very much of disdain. So they say that, oh, 20 or 30 years back, we have been backward. Like, Heilunjiang was very rural, very poor. Russia appeared to be a very developed modern state during Mm -hmm. Soviet times. And now China is so advanced and Russia is so backward. And that's because you are inferior to us. So there is a lot of xenophobia on the side of the Chinese. do people feel it that way in 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 the Far East? And what's the attitude towards rapid development of China? So you compare Blagoveshinsk and Heihe he across the river, and mm-hmm. it's just a very different trajectory. So from a small village, Hehe he turned into a city with over a million of population. Modern skyscrapers via Blagoveshinsk uh, remained basically the same as it was. Uh, in the nineties, probably.
1: Yeah, people feel this, and of course, people are not happy with this. But uh, funny thing that, but blagoveshchens is bigger than HiHi and we can see it uh, from the, you know, from the satellite satellite views, and we need to. Uh, we need to remember that uh Heihe, Hunchun in and other border cities are the kind of showcase of Chinese uh Chinese economy achievements. And we should know that uh other cities from in Heilongjiang province and in province. Uh, that are remote f- from the border are not as rich as these cities, are not as wealthy as Sufengen, Haihen, so on, So, so on. Chinese
0: put money there to, sh- to show off yeah, to of Russian neighbors. Yep, yep, okay. Yep. Far East should be part of Belt and Road or should be connected to Belt and Road in some way.
1: Everything is a Belt and Road.
0: Okay. Are there any projects we see that uh, bridges over Amur River didn't exist and now there are two new bridges? Two new bridges. So... Yeah. Is is there something going on with bel-
1: with regard to Belt and Road in the Russian Far East? I think everything is a Belt and Road, and every project in the Far East between Russia and China is a part of Belt and Road now. Even the projects that was la- that were launched uh, a long time before uh, Belt and Ro- Belt and Road initiatives, and now all uh, success successful projects, of course, are the, are the part of Belt and Road, and uh, we have. Two new bridges over Amur, one in between Blagoveshchensk and Heihe, automobile bridge, and it will be launched during this year. We have a railroad bridge between Leninsk in Jewish Autonomous Oblast and Tunzian in Hanzan Province. Yes, uh, the bridge is constructed, but we have several problems with uh, railroad movement between uh, this uh, bridge. Uh, all these projects can be viewed by Russian and uh, Chinese officials as. Uh, as uh, a, a proof of our uh, success of Belton Road Initiative. Do people in the Far East, uh, it's so far away from
0: the national capital, it's so yes. far away from European Russia, where the bulk of Russian population is, do they still feel Russian, or yeah, do they still feel different?
1: Uh, they feel Russians, and but they feel themselves different. It is it is normal for people in the Far East to feel themselves as Far eastern, to, to feel themselves as uh, people with uh, unique characteristics, unique experience. But of course, Far East is a part of uh, Russia, big Russia for them. And I think that sometimes people in the Far East feel themselves uh, more Russians, as for example, Moscowits. So.
0: They associate themselves as part of Russia, but based in Asia. Yep. That's good to know. Okay. Thank you very much. That's a very unique perspective that is so different from when you sit in Moscow. Thank you for (laughs) joining us, Ivan.
1: Thank you. Thank you, Alexander.